Welcome to Pep Talks, People Empowering People. These uplifting interviews allow everyday people to share their not-so-everyday stories of resiliency to help you get through your story. This is your host, Casey Crawford Kellum. I'm a widow who has certainly faced my share of adversity, but I continue to keep on dancing. I'm a school counselor, author, yoga instructor, motivational speaker, and former business owner and special ed teacher, and now podcaster. My journey is about helping you to get through your journey. Tracy Watts-Serino is an entrepreneur, speaker, author of Beyond Common, 12 Essentials for Success in Life and in the Workplace, a business consultant and the CEO and founder of Lavish Color Salon Incorporate. She is a growth-minded, fun-loving, career and family woman who loves to live a mostly healthy lifestyle and follows the 80-20 rule. In today's podcast interview, you will learn how life's big failures and challenges turned into wins and opportunities for Tracy. Welcome, Tracy. How are you today? Good, Casey. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. I love meeting new people and hearing people's stories. But before we go on, you have to tell me what this 80-20 rule is. Tell all of us what this is. Well, first, I'd like to tell you how grateful I am to be here. So thanks again. And the 80-20 rule is where you, I, I think I apply it to everything in life, but recently to like health, right? The health part. From what you read, I was like, oh, wow, that was nice. That was nice. You, you make it sound like interesting. I appreciate that. <laughs> so the 80, 20, so it's like 80% of the time I try to make a healthy option, right? So 20% then, you know, eat potato chips and dessert and maybe not work out. Oh, so like 80% is the weekdays and 20% is the weekend. Or, yeah, like, look at it like that. Or like 80, because there is this whole thing. I, there's a lot of like statistics around it too. They say that like 80% of the people do all the work at every business and, you know, 20, right? Or I'm sorry, 20% of the people do the, like most of the work and like the other 80% just, you know, are kind of stable. Exists. Um, so the 80, yeah, exactly. So the 80, 20 rule applies to everything you can think of in life. But recently um, I've been applying it to health where, okay, I, I think I'm kinder to myself about it. If 80% of the time I make good choices, whatever that looks like, you know, then um, the other 20% of the time, you know, if you have an extra glass of wine or something like that, you're, you're kind of easier on yourself. I really like that. I have, I think I have lived that 80, 20 for a long time and didn't even realize it. So. Right? Like if you did yoga every day of the week, but then on the weekend, oh, okay. Yeah. Right. right. I can relate very well. I like that 80, 20. Look at us learning something from Tracy, right? Out of the shoot here. I love this. And so Tracy, I love meeting businesswomen. I, I just love when somebody creates their own business and takes that lead and takes that huge risk. Can you tell us about your journey with Lavish Color Salon and what had you open it and how has everything gone since you opened the salon and when you, when you opened it? Oh, wow. That's like such a loaded question. That's so cute though. <laughs> so how is that like the, how has everything gone for real? Um, it has ups and downs, like everything. So we we negotiated our lease and we're so excited to open 
in 2007 when the economy was like booming. It was the best it had been in years and years. So we were very blessed at that moment. Then when we finally opened in 2008, because it took forever, tons of delays, you know, it's kind of one of the things I coach and teach business owners now is whatever they tell you, add 20% (laughs) it to time to budget. So there that maybe that's that 80, 20 rule playing out again, but add 20% more money, more time, like nothing ever is as it seems. And you don't know that it's like the naivety of starting out from the beginning that makes you so excited and you just dive in. But not knowing that is what just, you know, helps you just smile through it all. You're like, Oh, I'm dying. It's okay. (laughs) Um, I actually think at one point I literally had a moment in all the delays and everything that was happening that I was, I like, I was positive and I was trying to keep the team uplifted. And then all of a sudden, I think it was my husband, my good friend, Tony and my sister, maybe it was one other person. I just literally in the middle of the salon lay down on the floor, like an infant and started crying. Like, I don't think it's ever going to be a salon. (laughs) It's like having that total meltdown because like the inspectors were coming. It's just like (laughs) those moments that those aren't on your highlight reel, right? On Instagram. <laughs> we don't post that one, no. Yeah, except my friends that were there still are like, is it ever going to be a salon? Is it ever? Like they still make fun of me for it, which is hilarious. Now, how did you even have the guts to do that, to take that leap? Were you working at a salon and then decided this looks fun? <laughs> well, I, before opening the salon, I had spent my career doing hair and then traveling as an educator. So I would travel around the world and I would teach like advanced color and cutting techniques to other salon professionals, like at big industry hair shows. So like, kind of like, you know, if you're going to a rock show, but for hairdressers, it was like fun and lights and bells and whistles. But then I would connect with salon owners through those big shows and they would hire me Um, so kind of like freelance, they would hire me to come into their salons and design training programs for their teams. So that was just so much fun. Like I got to see the world and I had always thought I would move away from Cleveland, but once I got to travel everywhere, I'm like, why? Everywhere's kind of the same and, but kind of different. So it was cool to have a home base. So my parents always think it's funny because they thought I was going to be the child that moved away at 18 but I started doing that stuff right away. And so I got to travel and see the world, but it kept me home. Like grounded. grounded. Yeah. Yeah. To this. So it was interesting. So that's what I did for years before opening this one. So I think I just looked around and was like, okay, I wanted to, I wanted a salon that didn't, um, that didn't have like mean girls or those gossipy catty, like the stereotypical situation that, you know, now they make gifts about, but before it was like cartoons. Right. Um, Right. I, and I couldn't find it sad to say. And I also wanted that training piece of how I was training people. Like, like in Europe, there's just like more time spent honing your craft and really developing a skill set. And that's the type of training that I was giving people. So it was not this thing that I, oh, I want to open a salon. I felt like I had to because it didn't exist. Wow. So you wanted to open something a little different 
that offered a, a little more um, kindness in the workplace. Absolutely. Certainly. I get that. I uh, worked in a school district, still do, where we had the cosmetology program in my building at one point. And so I spent 13 years uh, doing a lot of conflict mediation. I'm sure you did. And they've grown up to be really good at that with cosmetology students. Really good. I'd get my (laughs) nails done and they'd be telling me who they're angry with and and what have you. And, you know, they've grown up to be just lovely ladies. I've kept in touch with many of them. And God bless the teachers that went through that. But I I know firsthand as well what that can look like. And, And it's certainly not, it doesn't make for a healthy work environment. So I applaud you for trying to make an environment that's not so catty. And yeah, it's like making people um, tell each other the truth. Like, don't sweep it under the rug and pretend you're not upset and then go, go gossip to one of the other girls about the other person. You know, sometimes it is the stories that we create in our own head. It's what I call like our version of crazy. But if you don't, understand where that's coming from. Like, explain to me what you've just heard me say and ask, did that come across correctly? Or did you mean this when you looked at me a certain way? There are things, you know, like actually going to the person and asking them what their intention was, why, you know, even if it was why they looked at you that way, why they said that in front of because so often once you have those conversations, it meant nothing the way you received it. Well, and, yes. and, and especially in texting, because we oh, can't see yeah. emotion in texting. I can't see your face, whether you're smiling or frowning when you sent this to me. Are you being a smart aleck? Are you being funny? Are you really angry? So yeah. that's got to be huge. And that wasn't something we had growing up and well, in your and, earlier training. Yeah. So it's almost like, you know, a lot of times in the very beginning of hiring people, they want everything about, oh, it's so positive here and it's so great and we love it. But then when we would hire them and they'd become part of it, they were like, no, this isn't for me because it's hard work. You have to own your own shit. You have to own, is that okay if I say that? <laughs> you have to own your own truth to stuff. It it's not like you can just like suck the positive juice off of it without contributing. And over time, the people that tried to do that, like couldn't hide anymore. Gotcha. I love that. I love that you can't suck the positive juice without contributing. (laughs) I like that. I really like that. That's a cool, cool uh, concept because really you need to, everybody needs to give a little. You have to give a little to get a little. And, And if you're, you're going to suck the negative juice out of us if you're, you don't contribute some positive juice. So I like that. And that's actually so funny that you said that because that's why I wrote Beyond Common. It was because noticing that, hey, not everybody is born. I mean, definitely I was not born knowing all this stuff. Um, I just was blessed, I think, to surround myself with a lot of positive people. And I'm super curious or my mom always called me nosy, but I like to say, think I'm curious. <laughs> <laughs> I, like I ask a lot of questions. I'm still like that kid, that little kid that's like, but why? But why? So good for you. With that sort of observation is why I wrote Beyond Common, but it does lead to the path of if everybody is aligned with what they're really passionate about and 
working at a company or with a company that aligns with their personal like core values and their personal mission in life, everybody achieves more. But if you, if you don't know, you know, a lot of people are just unconscious, you know, a lot of people just go to sleep and they're unconscious walking around their day, <laughs> their day to day. But if you apply the essentials from beyond common and you really think about how simple it is to just wake up a little bit, you will see all the ways you can contribute. And then by you contributing to the greater good of everybody, I think we all achieve more. Absolutely. And I think anybody listening can relate to that workplace where, or, or wherever they've been in their life where they're more passionate, even on sports teams or whatever. Some people have that passion and the dedication. Some people don't. And they can really suck the life out of you and be the targets of your backstabbing conversations because you don't feel like they're contributing. And, right. you know, some people are at work to get that paycheck and some people are there because they have a true passion for what they're doing. And that's, that's where a lot of the conflicts come because they're not carrying their weight and doing their part to make it an upbeat, positive environment. Right. It's funny when I, when I do a lot of coaching and like consulting with other business owners, one of the things, and people always said this to me too, especially young in my like leadership said that you'll never, like it's, they, they would say this thing about um, hire slow and fire fast. And I love people and I believe in them. I see everybody as a 10. And if you show up willing, I will always be willing. You know, I'll always do it with you. It's just what, what had happened over the years is that somebody might have, they could show up at like a five, but I was still showing up for them at a 10. And it is draining, right? It is, so, absolutely. So it took me years, but I finally get that. Like, I finally get what people were saying about how you're slow and fire fast. It's like, sometimes people quit, but they just didn't tell me yet. Gotcha. Like, you know, like they might physically, have... Physically, they're still there. <laughs> they're still there physically, but in their mind, they are out. They cashed right. out. So, so when that happens, even though, yes, I see them as a 10 and they have potential, if their contribution is not that of a 10, then it's actually doing everybody a favor by like holding a mirror up to them because unconsciously they've, they've quit. They might just not have even told themselves yet. So the longer, the longer that I employ, like I just, this, I don't think you can ever master this skill, but I think I get better at it. You get better at recognizing when, you know, people's words and actions aren't lining up. True. You know, and and it, in a very female predominant industry, you know, there's, there's a lot of stuff. Like we have to, we have to speak our truth and not carry baggage around because that's the only way we can create this positive environment for our guests that people want to come and it like lifts up the community. Right. And you guys, I mean, and, and to add to that, it's not just your words and actions don't line up, but even your body language, I can see right through your body language, you could be nodding your head and telling me one thing, but the arms crossed and <laughs> the piercing eyes say a different story. Exactly. And it, it's funny because um, I, I would consider myself to be somebody that's like highly intuitive. Like I, I definitely pick up those energy patterns. So sometimes I've said to someone, Hey, what's going on? Nothing. I'm good. And why? And 
and it's like it bothers them that I know and it's like not even out yet um so that's like okay I I understand that you might not be ready to deal with this and so if it's personal we get it what can we do to have a great day today anyway right because we can see it and we can feel it and, and it's like one of those things of, okay, so sometimes if you just acknowledge it, you can still go on with your day. But right. if, if you can't even acknowledge it, it's really that awkward thing, the elephant in the room, so to speak. And it is because you have, you have a job like um, me as a counselor, like bartenders, we're, we're a service industry where we're helping people feel good about themselves. And yeah. they talk, you know, they talk to the bartenders, they talk to us counselors, they talk to you. They're salonists. They, they come in and they look forward to this because you're going to make them feel and look beautiful. And they're going to tell you the family update and what's going on with their health and such. And if you aren't 100% there, boy, you know, can your customer feel that? And so we need you to be 100%. So what you're doing is, is it's, it's a domino effect because you're empowering your workers so that they continue to offer the best service to their clients, which isn't just cutting or coloring here. It's empowering them. Everybody walks out of your salon empowered, right? Yeah, this, because I always say that when, it's funny because I'm, I'm teaching some students tomorrow at the cosmetology school, and I was like, I know I'll say this because it just comes out always, but I always say that if you decide to go into hairdressing, you have given up your right to have a bad day. Like, it's just off the table. Like, so no bad days here. They're not allowed. I love it. I get it. I have to put on a happy face every day for my kids. I get it. So there, so counselors, bartenders, movie stars, hairdressers, people that their job is to elevate and like lift people up. You have given up your right to have a bad day. It's just so it's like embrace it and figure out new ways to make yourself smile because you, it has to be genuine too. Right. You leave your luggage, you leave your baggage outside the door. You don't bring that inside the door. So literally, you you know, you can create a a place that you just, today I got in a fight with my husband, leave it outside the door. I this is what you'll appreciate this Casey. I always say this. I say, so that big problem, that baggage you're carrying just put it right in the front seat. You can even seat belt it in if you want it to be secure. Just put it in there. I promise it's going nowhere. Consider your day at work today a little mini vacation from all the, the stress of your life. Right? Absolutely. This is a safe I, environment. Seat belt it in if you want to, if you really want to hold on to the bag. Right, right. Don't bring it in here. Toss it out. Exactly, exactly. Because we all have baggage. We all have to eat the crud sandwich. We all do, but we have to enjoy the dessert. And the more of us that enjoy the dessert despite our cruddy sandwiches, you know, that the happier and better environment it is. And so you know, I have I think one of the coolest ways to help people let go of their baggage is by having them especially acknowledge it. And I have the students do this a lot acknowledge it together. Like, you know, stand up if you faced divorce, disease, disability, you know, death and, and uh, drug addictions and such in your families, wow. you know, you know, and all of a sudden every kid standing up like, what? I didn't think that great kid, that athlete, that beautiful cheerleader, no way does she have problems. But those are, those are huge. And I did this with cosmetology girls wow. and boy, what did heads turn because no way does that beautiful girl have problems. She's too pretty to have problems, that perception. 
because we all have problems, right? Everybody, even those people we admire and look up to the most, right? Can't get out of life without it. It's so, yeah, it's just one of those things. It's just, what do we do with it? Wait, you know, what's our, what's our response? Like we can't control things that happen, you know, in life, but we can control our response. So, yeah. And you can make opportunities out of obstacles. You can be a victim mindset or, you know, a growth minded mindset like yourself. And, and you have to be an amazing leader because, you know, people feed off of that. They need that as a leader in their salon, you know, they, they draw from your energy, they draw from your positivity. And I imagine it, it makes it pretty difficult to be negative or down in your environment with all that positivity. Well, I w- yeah, I would say that we, we do a good job of keeping it up, you know, for sure. And even after COVID and everything, like where it's quieter and there's less people and you're wearing a mask and there's all these things, it's still... Um, it's still like the cheers of hair salons. Like we still know your name. We're still going to make you feel good. And I have always done this, but even more so than ever, I think I'm at this pivotal point in my career where I'm spending a lot more time coaching and consulting business owners because I want to go into other salons and other businesses and, and help them create that environment. So Good for you. I've been, I've been doing a lot more of that and that just, it feels right. It, it's the right time. Um, so many businesses are suffering and I don't even think that we've even begun to see the first wave of repercussions of what's to come. So anything we can do to like band together, help out. I, I was talking to a few different uh, local business owner friends today and I, I'm starting to schedule like book tour, like where I'm going to go and do a a day where um, I'm going to sign books and, and do some female empowerment for their staff and the clients, just some fun stuff like that. Since this year was different, I didn't get to go on a book tour with the book coming out. Right. But I'm going to do like the local stuff and get out of my space and go to other people's salons and small businesses. I have like a local store I'm doing next week. So it'll be fun. That's neat. So, so your book, uh, Beyond Common, that's something you you would recommend for business owners or um, anybody in life? Like who would benefit from this book? So Beyond Common was written as a guidebook to help young professionals and the, the owners or leaders of teams start speaking the same common language. So when I was young, I was always looking for like the answers, like, what do you really have to do to be successful? And I felt like no one would tell me the actual truth. You know, it was always sugarcoated. So this is done in what my friends say, like the velvet hammer. <laughs> it's done in that it, it, it's, it's strong, but you know, soft at the same time. So yes, you can have all these things that you may want, but here's the work that's required to get them. Gotcha. No BS. This right. Is how it is. This is that's in there. Yeah. This is real. This is real. Um, yes. okay. it's sort of to get on the same page. So I would say whether you're starting out or you're growing, you know, you you have a team that you're developing and you're growing, or you're at a pivotal a pivotal point, 
that would be the best time for Beyond Common. And I think with the holidays around the corner, it's a great gift in that way too, because a lot of people right now, it was really interesting. We got so delayed this year. And I remember my publisher calling and saying, I know the book is six months late, but here's the good news. And I love that he said this. He goes, but here's the good news. It's so on point and more relevant than ever during COVID. And what if it wasn't right. after being delayed? You know, and I was like, wow, you're right. Like, so um, it's good to have other people around you to point out what to be grateful for too. And you there's know? an opportunity out of an obstacle. Yeah, delay, so, but wow. Yeah, yeah. So here we are, um, COVID, you know, post COVID and we still don't know what's happening. And so that's a situation in itself. Neat. Really neat. Well, I appreciate you sharing your, your story and gosh, coming into this, you know, excited in 2007 when we were really experiencing some uh, financial gains and heightened economy. And then, well, it doesn't get open to 2008 during the great recession. Just coming out of that had to really make you a lot stronger. You had to strap on some boots and charge through some stuff during that time. And um, I'm sure you've appreciated times after that coming into it at such a low point and now coming through with COVID, you're like, okay, you know what? We survived 2008. I can do this. And now I'm coming out with this book at this opportune time to help others, you know, build up their companies or during their pivotal time, kind of revisit their, their companies. This is good stuff. And that you go out and you try to empower so many people. Thanks for not keeping your success strategies a secret and instead being so willing to share and not just share with your own salon. I love that you're going to other salons and doing this. I mean, this could be, you know, seen as your competition, other salonists, but instead you're like, here's, here's the secrets, people. This is what's making me successful. It's not necessarily my products. It's, you know, a lot of our attitude, of course, it's skill and other things that go with it, but boy, oh boy, you know, attitude makes a huge difference. You know, I'd rather go and get my haircut mediocre at a place where everybody knows my name like chairs, honestly, <laughs> honestly, than somewhere where people don't acknowledge me and they're not present and they're not kind. I would take that anytime. You just named like three of the chapters in the book in that sentence. Oh that's my gosh. <laughs> really? That's hilarious. Oh my gosh. That's hilarious. Be kind, be present, have a good attitude. <laughs> so oh. That's hilarious. Yeah. I love it. Well, you know, maybe everybody can read this just to get through life because that's what we need. Right now we need that, right? We need things that it is true because I, that's, that's so awesome that you said that Casey, because I have always, you know, I always try to have factual statistics when I'm teaching people and that's what I tell salon owners. That's what I tell professionals that are um, still in school that um, more of your time, like 90% of the people that we're ever going to serve, I think no matter what we do, care more about, are we present? Are we making them feel good? than the skill set, honestly, 10% is the skill set. And Absolutely. you just nail on the head with, as you know, like from speaking from a consumer standpoint, this is what I look for. But then when you're showing up to work as, um, with the students, like same thing. It, if you are 
making them feel good and helping them and being there for them 90% of the time, they don't really care if you're even that good at it. Right. Oh, and, and I can think of, I mean, I always like going to the shot and a beer salon saloons over the country club back in the day. It's like, I, these people are great. This is where I feel home. I walk in and it's, you know, Hey Norm. Whereas yeah, your name. Yeah. You know, well, I, I think people just want to be seen and that is going to be, I mean, more, more important than ever right now as this isolation, you know, we still don't know how long the isolation is going to be. Even more so, even more so people mm-hmm. need to be seen and heard because they have been quarantined and lonely and any little bit of attention and love and kindness that people can get from going to the salon, which is one of the few pl- places people are going, especially some of the older people that are really quarantining because we're, we're um, right now in October taping this, which is, you know, it's just you know, according to the news, going to get worse. And, and some people are only getting out to go to the barber and the grocery store, the very essentials, maybe go see the doctor. But you're, you're a key face to the people out there. All you people running the salons and the people running the restaurants, you are the key people that are the only people we're really seeing. We've we're been so hunkered down. I mean, I'm home now from school. I'm not going to see kids in person probably for several weeks, I'm guessing, just by the way oh, the news wow. is talking, you know? I didn't, I didn't, when we spoke last, you were still at school. So you're home now. Wow. Yeah. We made it three weeks and now we're back home. And, okay. you know, it, it doesn't look like we're coming back just from what the news is saying, not from what my district is saying. But um, so I need you. I, I, you know, I love my salonist. And when I get my, my wig busted, as I call it, when I go to get my hair cut, I, I love that time. I get to see somebody. Right. No, it's, and it's important, the connection. And just, you know, the fact that they remember things like, how's your dog? How are you, how's your father? How's, you know, that connection that the salonists make is just amazing. Their memory is amazing. And it really does make people feel special. And again, I could walk out and I don't, but I could walk out with a really bad haircut and still be grateful for the experience just because of what you offer. Well, and that's the thing that I mean, obviously, we want people to be good, skilled at cutting and color. It's, you know, it's important to our, that we feel good about what we're producing. You know, that's just a, so I always, I always will say, like, that's the part that you do for you. But honestly, how you make people feel is why they'll show up. You know, how you make people feel again and again is why they'll continue to come back. Absolutely. I love that. And so if anybody's looking for a salon to go to that will embrace you, it's Lavish Color Salon. And where is that located, Tracy? We are on um, Richmond Road between Miles and Emory. So it's like the east side of Cleveland. However, um, we have salons all over Cleveland that we recommend too. And now <laughs> during COVID more than ever, what that's been a thing. Like if people message me and we can't get them in, I'm like, okay, where do you live? Here's where I recommend. So I feel like we've created more of this lavish community as well because we can't do everybody and we can only do one tenth of what we were doing before COVID. Right. So it is, um, yeah, like it, so if you got, if you're somewhere where you can't get to see us, like just still reach out because we'll make a great recommendation for where you can go. 
I love that you have networked and allied with the other salons. And again, it shows your personality of, you know, wanting to empower everybody, wanting to include everybody, wanting to help all these different salonists be the best that they can be and, you know, be employed and have these opportunities. You might be too full and another salon may have some openings. How wonderful that is. I, you know, I hope other places are doing that kind of thing too. You know, if your restaurant or your bar can only hold so many people, hey, we're not open, but my buddy owns this place down the street, you know, go there. So yeah. we have to help each other in every way we can, you know, definitely. We really do. And, you know, supporting the small businesses is a, has really come out strong this year. And I, I love that. I know a lot of small business owners and I respect them and I, my heart breaks for what they're going through. So I, I really take that piece where you can help each other out by like my place maybe got closed or my place is only open till such and such time. Go to my other buddy's place. Absolutely. Good for you. Well, thank you, Tracy, for sharing your story, for sharing your Lavish Color Salon and your Beyond Common book. Anybody working in the business field or just looking for success in life or in the workplace, please pick up this book, Beyond Common. Where can they get this book, Tracy? So the book is available on my website, which is tracywattserino.com or Amazon, Barnes & Noble, all the books all the book places. <laughs> gotcha. And I will put that uh, website on my show notes for you all listening. Thank you again, Tracy. Appreciate your expertise. Look out for her if you're in a salon. She may be coming to train you guys as well. Um, thank you so much. And I wish you best luck this year. I know it's been a tough one, but your energy and your optimism, you're going to get through this. You conquered 2008. You can do anything. Thank You're you again. Kind. <laughs> You're so kind, Casey. Thank you so much. Absolutely. We learn from Tracy the following. If everyone is aligned with what they are passionate about, everyone achieves more. Own your own truth. You can't suck positive juice out without contributing. Be kind. Be present. Have fun. Hire slow, fire fast. And if you go into hairdressing, you can't have bad days. Today's gratitude is... Success is not the key to happiness. Happiness is the key to success. If you love what you are doing, you will be successful. By Albert Schweitzer. Well, that's it for today's interview. We hope our guest's story helps you get through your story. Don't stop believing and keep on dancing.